This is the Comstock Report podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Comstock Channel. I'm Marlon Bowling with you, and well, I'm pleased to be joined by Eric Relf. He is with Comstock Investments, and uh, he's one of the many analysts that we have on staff and, and a very respected analyst and, and broker out there that we can talk with about what happened on Friday as we wrapped up the trading week. And, man, it was a week full of eventful happenings, and it could have a big influence on what happens next week as well. Before we get into the conversation, make sure you like, subscribe, and share this uh, video podcast with everybody you know, and uh, spread the word about the things that we're talking about here. Eric, as we got into Friday's trade, the grain markets kind of slipped on a banana peel there. What the heck happened there? Because as I was looking later in the day, that dollar value just went off like a rocket on Friday. Yeah. Now, was that related to the jobs data that came out, or is there more to the story here? No, I think it's directly relative to that. And, you know, we're still in this good news is bad news for a lot of markets, and that's due to the fact that if you have a solid jobs report better than expected, like what we saw this morning, then you have more likelihood that the Fed keeps rates at an elevated level for a longer period of time, which is something we've been writing about a lot in the Comstock report and higher for longer will be the theme uh, as we move forward here. There was a lot of expectation that we were going to see rate cuts as early as March. I think those expectations are probably falling off the table pretty quickly. And as a result, you see this money flooding into the dollar and out of markets like your metals and your energy commodities, which are large sector markets within the commodity complex. And so when they're having a bad day, it just bleeds through to everything else. And we saw a lot of that today. Okay. So now in generalities, when you talk about the grain trade right now, I mean, it looks <laughs> like we're just scraping the bottom of the barrel. And I was talking with you earlier today about the situation right now. And I mm -hmm. said about the only solace that I can have related to the market is that old um, standby <laughs> axiom that you usually bottom on bearish news. I don't know how much more bearish we can get at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's, you know, you, you could kind of sarcastically throw the, the adage uh, when everybody's crying, it's time to be buying. And, and we're getting awfully close to that at this point. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, it, it you know, it, it's it's painful for for farmers, especially those holding on to a lot of grain, which is the bulk of producers right now. Uh, many of them, and I would say nearly all producers, are holding on to a fair amount of grain, where they may might not have been the last few years when you had these excellent markets and and marketing opportunities were everywhere from the combine to the next planting season, and you couldn't mess it up no matter what you did. Now we're having to be much better tacticians and be a lot more strategic in how we market and when we market and why we market. And so this is a different feel than we've had in years. And it's reminiscent of the 2018, 2019 timeframe where, you know, we, we were working on just bottom of the barrel markets for extended periods. And if you saw a three cent move in the corn, it was something to get excited about. I hope we're not heading back to markets like that, and, and I hope that we're a lot closer to a bottom than we are a top for a longer term. But that's that's been the feel, and I, 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 I'm like you. I, I think, okay, if the psychology is completely broken, then it's probably time to go the other direction. 
but I look and I dig and I'm trying to find any cause, any catalyst that will get it moving that direction. And, and I keep coming up empty. Okay, we have the WASDI report coming up next week. How much of a factor yes. is that in pre-report positioning, do you think? Um, February, usually a pretty pretty much a non-event report. Um, the January is the big one, and then we, we almost just flip the calendar straight to the March planning intentions. So this one isn't a big mover unless we see some surprise, but old crop, uh, that was finalized in that January report. So hopefully that's behind us and, and we don't really have enough to work towards new crop just yet. I would not be surprised to see USDA uh, trim export expectations for soybeans specifically because we are running so poorly right now. Uh, and, and with the stronger dollar, I, I don't know what's going to resurrect that in the short term. So I think the USDA has got a little catching up to do there. We'll see. So you mentioned something a little bit ago that really caught my attention. Okay. Uh, you were saying that the farmers are really tight-fisted, hanging onto their grain right now. And over the years, with all the different brokers and analysts I've had a chance to work with, uh, the majority of them told me that usually you cannot get a grain market to rally until the majority of the grain is in the commercials' hands. Do you think that's right. true? I, I do believe that that's true um, to to an extent. I mean, there's always exceptions, right? Um, but but yeah, as a generality, I would say that that is accurate. And and we coming up on this time frame where it may be the capitulation that forges a bottom, and and that that is. Um, you know, we have a lot of basis contracts expiring. We have a lot of cash rents coming due. A lot of these big time frame items are in the next 30 days. And, and that, that may be what the market's waiting for. However, I will say that from a future standpoint, you have managed money holding the big short positions here. And with, with full carry in the market, I, I don't know what's going to trigger them to get out of those shorts. Uh, anytime soon. Well, okay. Let's uh, flip the script here and talk about mm -hmm. the moves that we had in the livestock trade this past week. As we headed into the weekend, I mean, the cattle market, they had a pretty decent run on Friday. It seemed like they kind of held their own. But boy, earlier in the week, it seemed like they were really responding to that cattle inventory report that came out at the end of January there. What does that mean now? I mean, does that mean we're now topping out? on bullish news or do you think that's setting the stage for another leg higher here in the cattle oddly i'm going to say both um i think i think very short term uh we, we are probably seeing some kind of a little bubble top here uh longer term i think the the realities of the herd size and the upcoming calf crop are supportive enough that we could make another large push to new highs uh, I, I wouldn't have said that prior, at least in fat cattle. Uh, feeders may have seen their highs long term, uh, but but there's every chance in the world that we could be pushing new highs in the live cattle again as we move down the calendar here, um, just just because of the data that we're seeing both in, in this inventory report on some of these cattle on feed reports and just reports from the field itself. You know, from most of the people that I've had a chance to talk to in the plains and the northern plains, Mm -hmm. They say that the, the moisture received this winter has been really, really beneficial, and the pastures ought to be in pretty good shape this spring. 
If that's mm -hmm. the case, doesn't that mean they'll hold back a lot more calves to rebuild the herd finally? Yeah, you should start seeing heifer retention, and that's usually the first step in uh, in in getting the the herd rebuilt. You know, you got to stop selling before you can start leveling off, and and that should bring about enough enthusiasm to get that done. You've got to have some alternative. You can't just be pushing commercial feed at these cattle all day long every day. You got to have somewhere for them to go and and just naturally graze. So that'll make a big difference. Once we do start seeing that heifer retention, then maybe we'll start seeing some more, uh, uh, particularly in the plains. And, and I'm, I'm going to say even as far as the PNW, uh, places like Montana, Wyoming, uh, as you move up towards the Pacific Northwest, there's a lot of big ranch country that's been hurting for a long time, and they've had some real good repairing moisture here lately. So I think regionally that's going to be a great thing for them. Um, and, and now we've got other talking points as well, and we'll have to see how those play out. But, you know, the, the cows are still being sold as of today, and it's been going on far longer than anyone anticipated it would. And fertility rates are bad. We've got uh, low, low uh, conception rates and a lot of open cows in the country. So still a lot of things to play out, and that's why I say I think longer term we do have a story here. But short term, I, I think this market's pushed ways to the point where it needs some type of short-term correction. You know, you talked about that with me here about a week ago, and that is a real mm -hmm. concern. I'm starting to hear some rumblings about that in there, uh, that that could be a real black hole showing up this spring in the in the overall supply, and it's going to be hard to rebuild the herd when you take another step backward first. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the weird thing about it is, is you, you can only hear reports from people who do preg check and not all do. Um, and so the reports that you're hearing are just a fraction of the overall herd. And and so it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out through spring and early summer. I think the first reflection we could see of it would be in that uh, summer cattle inventory report at the end of July. And that would be the point where I think we could start seeing a hole that maybe surprises. Very interesting stuff. Okay, uh, so we have the WASDA report coming up next week. After that, I believe we have USDA's Ag Outlook Forum uh, in the uh, suburbs yes. of Washington, D.C. And a lot of times that can maybe give some direction. I don't know if you can trust it or not, but as far as the acreage <laughs> for this year, do you think that'll have any market impact or not? It usually does. Uh, whether you can trust it or not, it usually does steer the market a little bit, especially for, for a brief while immediately following the, the releases there. People kind of this, what does that mean? And, and then they start to pinpoint on, well, what's their accuracy over the years and how much can we trust and what we're already talking about. And so then, then the market kind of levels off. But you use, you do usually see market reaction when that comes out. So that will be something worth worth noting. But that that planning intentions number in March is going to be huge. That, yeah. that is going to be the make or break for corn and soybeans. Yeah, that's right. From the Ag Outlook Forum, Farmers can still change their mind on acreage, you know, depending yes. on what happens between then and March. But uh, after mm -hmm. after March, boy, then it's uh, pretty much set in stone. Well, Eric, I enjoyed talking yeah. with you. Thanks for uh, covering all the ground that we did in this report. I appreciate it. We'll uh, touch base with you here real soon. Eric Ralph with okay. Comstock Investments, and he joins us here for today's episode on the Comstock Channel. I'm Marlon Bowling for producer Brianne Hendrickson. We'll see you next time. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com. 
or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Thank <laughs> you.